Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. This episode of the Positive Impact Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh, delicious, healthy, and fresh meals delivered straight to your door. Enjoy cooking again with scrumptious and easy to prepare meals three nights a week. Visit positiveimpactpodcast.com slash fresh for $40 off your first box. This week on the show, we are doing a unique Super Bowl edition. Now, I'm sure you're curious what the NFL and Positive Impact have in common. When it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, it turns out a lot. Joining us, we have Julie Hershey, the Eagles Director of Community Relations, who is going to dive into what is, in my opinion, the most impactful NFL program out there, Eagles Cares. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I have to tell you that my younger brother is just going to be gushing at that last (laughs) sentence. He is the biggest Eagles fan where I actually live in San Diego, Bolt Country. At least for a little while, right? I mean, we're not yes. quite sure. <laughs> yes, but that we we love all of our fans all across the country. We're we're super excited to have them. We we will uh, we bring them from everywhere. So well, he is we, representing the Idaho bunch. Yeah, good, good, good. I love it. Now, were you born and raised an Eagles fan? I was. I'm fortunate. My family has had season tickets for as long as I can remember. So I have all of those wonderful memories of sitting at Veterans Stadium with my father across the stadium from my grandfather and back at the vet on one side of the stadium. It was freezing where we sat and then the sunny side of the stadium where my grandfather sat, you could see him like sitting in his t-shirt and we were on the other side all <laughs> cold. So I have a long standing history with the team. And dedication to sit on that cold side of the stadium year after year. Yes. Well, that is consistent with our fans. We are dedicated and passionate and, um, you know, some of our best memories have been in the very, very cold weather. So we'll take it for the good stuff. There you go. As long as you know the game turns out right, doesn't matter what temperature it was. I will absolutely agree with that. (laughs) As a community relations specialist, how did you end up helping spearhead this corporate responsibility initiative within the Eagles as an entire company? So for us, I've actually been with the team for 15 years at this point. And right. So for the first 12 of that, let's say we were doing a more traditional community relations, which is wonderful. Um, And and there's a lot of value there as well. But we got a gift. um, And my boss always jokes with me about this. At the time, it did not feel like a gift. (laughs) Um, But we got a, a, you know, a real gift to be able to sit down and completely rethink what we were doing. Um, we had a, you know, some shift in leadership and a coaching change. And our, our, they said, you know, if you could really redo how you, uh, sorry, rethink how you do community relations, um, how would you do it? And we got an opportunity to sit in a room and and reevaluate all the things that we did. And and this program um, came from all of that evaluation. I have to admit, you know, just with a bigger organization, a larger company, it's not very often that you as a division get to sit down and just rethink how you implement every aspect of your job. It was incredibly cool. And like I said, at the beginning, it was a bit of a bit overwhelming, but 
the opportunity was tremendous. And I think there was a lot of change going on in our organization. And it came from a very simple place. Our organization itself is all about partnerships and the value that we associate with them. And so it seemed like a natural fit to extend that to our work in the community. Um, and so it was very exciting to be able to sit down and, and say to ourselves, okay, if we are looking at the amount of money, quite frankly, that we're putting out into the world and then seeing what the actual impact of that money was and time and all of these things, the equation didn't add up. And so for us, that was a natural turning point to say, okay, let's do something about this. And I think a lot of times you don't get a chance to do that evaluation. And so I was so grateful for that ability to do that. Especially three years later, as this complete just pivot in your division is manifesting and growing and creating incredible results. Yes. Now let's dive into that. Traditionally, NFL teams donate either money, host fundraisers, bring supplies, and you know bring the players out to connect with different individuals in the in the community. These are all really cool initiatives. But when you guys pivoted, you really dug in and created a unique program. Can you tell us a little bit about this new program? There is tremendous value in having the players go out and do things and giving funds and uh, and all sorts of time and different things like that. For, for us, it was really important that we wanted to increase the the actual impact that we're having. So Eagles Care is a program where we partner with five nonprofits per year and really wrap our arms around those organizations for the year. So instead of just those initial money, player appearances, in-kind auction items. We think about the ways that we can expand the assets of the organization and truly meet the needs of the organization. So um, we give a lot of our staff time, which we see how we can match the, the qualities that our staff have with the needs of the organization so that we can really help them grow. One of the really unique things, when I was working with your staff to set up this meeting, they said that those endeavors are really centered and focused around capacity building. Can you kind of break down that term and let us have an insight into what capacity building actually looks like? Absolutely. So I think over the past probably, you know, 20 years, there has been a trend in philanthropy around um not giving towards overhead and the idea of overhead to an organization being a bad word. Um, and a lot of times the outcome of that for nonprofits is really well-funded programs that, but the organization itself is struggling or starving in certain areas. Um, for me, I had a, an, an organization that we worked with that Let's just say that they had all of these tremendous assets on the programming side, but then they didn't have voicemail because so much of the giving is directed funds. No voicemail. So, 
no voicemail. That's and this challenging. Is, right. Um, you know, because they weren't able to either get some general giving or, or they wanted to keep that overhead number very, very low. So they were saying so much of the money is going through to the actual program itself. So for us, when I, w- we would see examples like that and it seemed really crazy, to be honest with you. Um, and we wanted to do the exact opposite. We wanted to take, we wanted to take the organizations that we knew were doing tremendous work and increase, quite honestly, the overhead, um, increase the capacity of those organizations so that their programs would then be better. So whether it's staff development, which counts, you know, in a line item budget as overhead, but is, we all know, really, really important to the growth of an organization and to the outcomes that are available at the end. Um, So those are just some of the things that we try and do uh, to help these organizations grow and be better so that ultimately their programs can thrive. Really narrowing in and increasing the impact for five nonprofits. And I just wanted to highlight that this program is a year-long intensive relationship and then that you guys really extend the conversation beyond that to find ways to drive home the impact through capacity building. Absolutely phenomenal. Yes, thank you. And 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 the 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 idea is that when we initially sit down with them, we have once the partners are selected, we sit down with them and ask them to do a needs assessment. And it's very important there that we're saying to them, what do you need as an organization versus what you think that we can give you? Um, And the organizations, because if they were to come back to us without really thinking about it, sometimes they'll say, oh, well, we could use tickets or we could have a player come out. And those things are really not we want them to think bigger than that. So it's the organizations that say, you know, we need one of the organizations that we work with center for grieving children, almost as a joke said, well, we could use a wall. So the, a wall, the, <laughs> a wall they had talked about how they could only have one group meeting at once because they had a wonderful building, but a very large space. And so sort of, a, you know, as an offhand comment, they said, well, we could use a wall And we said, oh, well, we're more than happy to do that. And we had our stadium folks come out and build them a wall in their space, which in that moment doubled the capacity of that organization because they then had the ability for two groups to meet at once. And then when you go back to the, you know, older style values, more traditional values of community relations, after we did that, we brought the players out and had the players paint the wall with the kids and did a media event. So we're still able to shine, you know, the positive light that comes on the Philadelphia Eagles, we then, you know, refocused on them through that event. Um, and, and the players loved it. They had a wonderful time. Our staff loved it. They really felt like, you know, they had the ability with their, you know, the tradesmen at the stadium had the ability to do something which they knew was really going to make a difference for this organization. So it worked really well all around. Which is so important to not just think of the Eagles as you know the players, that you really do have this entire staff that makes every week's production and the entire year flow smoothly. Absolutely. And and for them, you know, we'd like to think that we have the best staff 
you know, in the world. We, we, our staff are, are tremendous and they're wonderful. Um, and they're really good at what they do. So if we can have our staff volunteer with organizations that we know are wonderful, um, and, and form relationships across the year, it just makes sense. For the staff, they know that they're really making an impact. For the organizations, they get a sense of who we are as the year goes on. And that's the most valuable thing to us. Do you have other examples of ways that your staff were, was able to partner with these nonprofits and really focus on that staff development or that capacity building? So every month as an organization, we host a lunch and learn for each of the Eagles Care Partners. So again, we choose five per year. And so the first month we did leadership, um, one of the months we did video. And so what we did is we had the person at the nonprofit that was responsible for video come in and sit down. It's typically an hour, but the video one actually goes much longer with our uh the executive producer of our video team. And we gave them each a video camera and sat down and taught them for about three hours, not only how to use the camera, because we've all gotten cameras before, mm-hmm. and then what do you do with it? But it taught them not only how to use the camera and the, the, the editing software, but how to conceptualize the video, what to think about before you go to an event, so you make sure you have all the the video that you need. And then now the organizations are able to shoot the videos and edit them themselves. Which is huge. Having videos to showcase your results and your impact, that is essential for a nonprofit. Absolutely. And so for them, when they need something really professionally produced, they can still come to us and we'll do it. But the majority of the things that they need, the um, the videos that they're going to put on their website, they don't need that from us. They really can do it on their own now. So that is a tremendous opportunity for our staff to donate their time to these organizations. And we do that once a month. Our marketing director will sit down with them next month and talk about marketing. The, our vice president of sales will sit down and talk about development. Um, our social media team will sit down with them and talk to them about social media. And it's really, a, a, you know, um, a granular discussion one-on-one uh, or really five-on-one <laughs> with the people that are doing it. And we know that at, at most nonprofits, like a lot of times the person that's responsible for sales is going to be the same person that's responsible for marketing. So, I mean, by sales, I mean de- development. And let's be honest, like six other programs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So sometimes when we have an organization like Simon's Fund, Darren Sudman, who is the executive director, literally comes to every single one because he's a one-man shop and that's what he does. And so that's where we're really trying to make that impact because we know that he does not necessarily have all the background he needs in social media. So if we can sit down and give him some of that expertise, and then for some of the other larger organizations that maybe have someone in communications that handles a lot of other things, including social media, they're going to get a more in-depth conversation. Um, you know, it, it varies between a 101 and a 201, depending on who's in the room. Um, but, but then we take it a step further. So a few of the organizations are really looking to um, more meaningfully engage with a, a CRM solution, Salesforce in this case. 
And so we had our CRM manager sit down with them and talk to them about how to choose the CRM solution. What are some of the things to think about before you go into it? How do you implement? And the, that conversation will happen one-on-one around lunch. You know, it's it's no skin off of, of the back of the guy who does it on our side. And he really gets an opportunity um, to feel like he made a difference. And he really actually does. So it's wonderful. It's a, it's a great opportunity for everyone. I think it's safe to say you guys totally nailed the capacity building. Well, we we are so happy to do it. It 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 has, um, it really is in line with who we are as an organization and the things that are important to us, the values of partnership um, and teamwork. And so it's a it's just a natural fit. Now, I definitely want to dive into that ethos of the organization and how this program really exemplifies your guys' values. But I did have two other questions about the nonprofit relationships. The first being, what is one of the most unexpected ways the Eagles has been able to step in and help a nonprofit? Well, the wall was one of them. I mean, that was very interesting. But um, I, I think, you know, one of my other favorite examples was um, with Greater Philadelphia Coalition Against Hunger the first year. And they said to us, um, you know, we, we always would joke with them, you know, ask for anything. Just just call us. <laughs> um, and so the executive director contacted us and she said, you know, our conference table is dangerous. Ooh. And and. You know, I was sort of like, oh, tell me more about that. And she said, you know, our, our conference table is is really in terrible shape. Do you guys have some furniture you could donate? And so we contacted Bob's Discomfiture, which is one of our corporate partners. And within, you know, a minute, they were like, oh, absolutely. We're more than happy to donate the, the table. They had the um, coalition go on the website, pick out one that they wanted. And within a few weeks, it was there. And for a while, we were getting pictures of happy people sitting around a conference table <laughs> from the executive director. And we were so glad that we were able to make that connection because we all know the value of that, you know, pride in, in your location. Um, and it's, you want to be able to create that environment for them where they can succeed. Everyone, you know, meetings, we all sit in meetings. We all know what that's like. <laughs> we all sit um, a lot of meetings. And if you're in a non- nonprofit, there tend to be quite a few more. Yes. And so if we're able to, you know, even if it's just a slight morale boost, um, you know, we want to be able to help there. And we know, again, with the idea of overhead, I don't know that a lot of people are donating money so that they can have a new conference table versus, you know, giving food to people. But It's not as sexy, but it is so important. It is hugely, hugely important. And, um, you know, you want the people that work there to be really happy and, and be able to focus on their mission. And if it's a conference table that makes the difference, we're more than happy to do it. Oh, love it. And I... I can't even imagine describing my table as dangerous. Yeah, it was a very funny call. But we get those all the time. And, you know, um, I, I, sent, I sent a note to Ron. We were joking the other day. I literally sent a note to Ron McDonald House two days ago entitled deodorant and just said, we have an enormous amount of deodorant left over from the season. Can we donate it to you? And they were like, absolutely. <laughs> so just, you know, the strange things like that where for us, you know, we get a lot of those things where we would typically have sat down as a as a department before and said, well, what are we going to do with this thing? And now instead, we take a quick look at our partners from the last three years and say, 
who could we serve with this? You know, looking at the list, I know that an organization that can use deodorant, Ronald McDonald House, it's absolutely right on their list. We'll send it to them and that's done. Um, if we get Xboxes, okay, who on our list can we give it to? And and if, you know, and then we do still work with other nonprofits throughout the year. So if there's no one on our list that fits, we think about, okay, who else can we use, you know, give these to? So, but they are really our first line of defense there because we know that they're going to go be used in a wonderful way. Creating your first line of defense for giving. What a mindset shift. I Yes. That, that is just such a unique framing and really highlights that this pivot that you guys did is so powerful. Now, you kept on touching on that you have five partners each year. And I know that you guys have that relationship longer. But how do you actually choose the nonprofits that you're going to partner with that year? It's it's not easy. So, um, you know, we make sure to focus on our areas of interest, the things that are really important to us. Because to be honest with you, we know we're going to want to work through these organizations through the year. So I know that each year I'm going to have to do something um, you know, we want to do something with the environment. We want to do something with breast cancer. You know, there's, there's a bunch of boxes that we, we know we want to check. Um, and so we focus on those areas, but we don't limit it to them. And then beyond that, we want to make sure their market, they're within our market and they're a 501c3. We have learned that they should really have one full-time staff person because if it's an organization that um, ha- is is too small or too large, they're not going to have the ability to benefit from the type of work that we're able to give. So if they can't come to the lunch and learns, that's a huge loss. So if they're not local, it's not going to be a fit. And then above and beyond that, it really ends up being a puzzle of who's going to be able to benefit from each other that year um, and then year over year as well. So you know, when you look at some of these organizations, um, you know, going back to year one, Cradles to Crayons gives out, um, you know, the goods of life to help support kids in need and Coalition Against Hunger has a great summer meals program. So they're not necessarily in the same, you know, issue area, but they when when coalition was trying to get information out about their summer meals program, they were like, "Oh, we'll just put it in the backpacks that Cradles to Crayons gives out." You're serving the same population, so those partnerships are organic and incredibly instrumental. Exactly. So what happens both through through the course of a year, but then year over year as well, is that we're able to form a network amongst the partners. So, you know, the five that we choose this year will know each other really well and will be able to work with each other in a different way than they would, um, you know, if, if they weren't a part of this program. And then year over year, you know, we hope to be able to connect the organization's as well. So, um, so we want to make sure, so a lot of it just comes down to fit. Um, and you know, a bit of a cage match at the end, um, (laughs) you know, between all of us to say, you know, Oh, we we need this and we need this and here's, we want this organization. And, um, and it's a struggle as we go on, you know, cause we'll get more applications and there's just more people that we want to help, but we figure it out. There you go. And wow. To think of even the relationship and the partnerships between the nonprofits, that is just really such an expanded vision of the work that you're doing. Um, And we actually sort of take it a step further. Um, 
every year for the past two, well, this will be our third year as well, we do uh, the Eagles Care Summit, which is a nonprofit staff development day for really anybody that wants to come. So um, it started when we found one gentleman that we work with who is the executive director of a nonprofit who's this amazing networker and the idea was oh how would we what if we could just put Paul in front of everybody that we knew and have him teach networking and it was like oh yes let's do that <laughs> and so click um, click click ideas exactly, are running <laughs> right and so now we have the Eagles Care Summit which we do in March or April of every year and we bring um we invite pretty much every nonprofit that we know to come in um, and learn from both our staff and the nonprofit staff that we know, and as well as other people. We had some speakers from Wharton and um, last year just to come in and, and teach um, and, and help develop the staff of the nonprofits. And it's a free day because we all know that those types of things can be really expensive. So we do it for free, and it's a wonderful event. We're, we're super proud of it. All right, NFL, and to be totally honest, all corporations in general, the Philadelphia Eagles have set the bar pretty darn high. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And with that, I do want to transition a little bit into talking about the entire culture within the Eagles and your ethos and your values. But I would just be remiss, all my friends and family have been asking, how did the players get involved with this program? So we're, you know, it's, the players are really involved in the program um, and we're excited to be able to have them get involved in this type of work on a deeper level. So every last year it was Monday, maybe Tuesday this year. um, But the players get one day off a week where they, a lot of them like to go and do something in the community. So if there's 17 NFL weeks, we like to work with each Eagles care partner at least twice. So if the players are coming out, you know, early in the year, When they come back later in the year and work with the partner again and again, they have more of a relationship and an understanding with the nonprofit itself. So instead of just going out and doing something once, now they get to know the people or know the kids. We also like to connect the players with the organization that means something to them. So if we have a player or two that have lost family member, when they were young, we have them come to the event for Center for Grieving Children and really make that connection with the kids. If um, if college is really important to them and they were the first one in their family to go to college, we have them come to the event with Stepping Stone Scholars where they're really going to have that connection um, and understand why they're there um, because we want them to want to participate and we're so fortunate that they do. Now, can you describe some of the relationships that they build and how they're able to step in and help these organizations? So, you know, most of them will end up, like I said, making a connection with something that fits with them. Um, So when you talk about Center for Grieving Children, we had um, a few players that lost a, a mom when they were little, and they made connections with these kids um, on a very deep level because they had understood exactly what it was like to be in that situation. And so when they go to the event, um, it's not just, I'm showing up, I'm taking a picture, I'm leaving. It, it has that deeper impact for the kids to be able to see the players more as people um, and and it's not 
just, you know, in that sort of way. It happens with all of the events. When we go to Greener Partners and you have Connor Barwin riding his bicycle to the event <laughs> and then he goes to the event, the kids really understand that this is not just like him showing up and not understanding the value of being green. Um, you know, it's something he lives on a daily basis. So we try and make those matches so that the fit really makes sense. Oh, incredible. Now, I have to kind of wonder, as a diehard fan, we're talking about how we're getting used to these organizations and these children to get used to these individuals they idolize just as humans and individuals and people who've maybe lost someone. How long did it take for you to have the novelty wear off of that walking around the halls of the organization? You just might bump into Connor Barwin or, you know, another player. Um. I think the second that it wears off, you should go do something else. Um, <laughs> Fair it, it has not. The, I, it was, again, I have been here 15 years and Eric Allen, who's one of the you know greatest cornerbacks in Eagles history, um, walked in the other day and I had a total nerd out moment. You know, I was like, oh, Eric Allen. And, um, you know, I think it, it's a more of an intimidating moment at the beginning, especially with some of the staff that work with players pretty regularly. You get over the initial, oh my goodness, piece pretty quickly. But if you don't, I shouldn't say it like that, but we, <laughs> but we all really are so grateful for the opportunity to be there, be a part of it. You know, standing on the sidelines before the game watching kickoff, that type of thing, it never, never, never gets old. Um, being a part of it just never gets old. It's, it's, um, I, I'm, I feel very grateful for the opportunity. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of. That was a wonderful way to frame it. And I do really appreciate also knowing that sometimes it'll just never wear off and it's always exciting, which keeps the workplace very exciting in general. Absolutely. Now we've talked about how this is just part of the values of the Eagles, that these relationships that not only your players, but your staff that, you know, your facilities managers create in the community. How has this helped create this idea of social responsibility impact in the daily lives of those individuals who work with the Eagles? I think it's really a part of everyone at the Eagles um, before you even walk in the door. When Jeffrey and Lori, Jeffrey and Christina Laurie initially purchased the team, it was the first thing that they did. One of the first things was to create Eagles Youth Partnership, which is the charitable wing of the Philadelphia Eagles, completely outside of the Eagles Care Program. We have our own nonprofit. Um, and they do wonderful grassroots work directly within our community as well as you know the things that we do there it's a that's a public charity um so everyone that works there it it comes from the top down don smolensky our president he really values our fans and sees the opportunity to he really cares about them we all really care about the community and so you don't have to try if that's who you are uh so when it's a priority for the ownership, it just allows everyone internally who already feels that way anyway to make it a priority as well. I love that it comes top down and that they really drew a line in the sand and said, this is who we are and this is what we stand for as an organization in this community. Absolutely. Now, before we switch to the rapid fire, I'm just kind of curious. We've talked about how 
you know, not only this program, but just that top-down mentality has created a lot of programs within the Eagles. Has it played a role in creating other ways that team members give back? And if you have any unique examples of some of the initiatives that maybe team members have done on their own. So we have so many people in our organization that volunteer on their own outside of the Eagles. But I know that so many of them work within our team as well. So what we've done for the past, I think this will be our 19th playground build. Um, Each year we totally revitalize a school. And so one of the staff members had an idea that we would – work through our Eagles Youth Youth Partnership Program to read with the kids and be reading mentors for really more than tutors. And so each week for eight weeks leading up to the playground build, the kids, um, about 30 kids get bussed over to our stadium and we read with them every week and then have a reverse visit the week before um, and then go to the playground build and paint with our kids, you know, with our reading buddies. Um, but that's an idea that came internally from somebody who thought it would be a great thing to do. And because it was, we just decided to do it. So it's, um, we like to think that we provide opportunities as well internally for people who have ideas that we can then go do them as well through the organization. This idea of revitalizing a school ground must have really taken seed because I know Connor Barwin also revitalized a park semi recently. Yes, and he's on his second one right now. So he is um, hes a force, I'll tell you. We are so happy that he is a Philadelphia Eagle um, because he's such a wonderful part of our community um, and just a, an all-around great guy. So we're, we're happy that he's, he's chosen to do that in Philadelphia. He's the real deal. <laughs> Incredible. And with that, I think it's time for some rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Before jumping into the rapid fire, a quick resource and tool for you as you grow your business. One of the most challenging things out there can be around branding and marketing and really telling your story in a way that resonates with customers. To help, we've built a comprehensive ideal customer worksheet to help you walk through all the different steps in identifying your customer. Download your free copy at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash branding. Hang out with us there and you're also going to find information about a brand new branding guide for young businesses, all giving you the tools to make that positive impact in your business. And now for that rapid fire. All right. Life is a balance of work, passion, and adventure. Can you tell us about a recent adventure or excursion you've gone on? Well, I am more of a homestyle adventure person. Um, for me, I think the idea of, you know, already having your pajamas on and then going out for ice cream at night, those types of, I'm sort of a nerd like that. But it's That's the, awesome. But the everyday adventures of life are really the things um, that are most meaningful to me. I, I think I'm pretty fortunate in that many of my a lot of my work has a lot of adventure associated with it. So it's that everyday adventure thing that's so important to me. And also, you know, as a regular season pass holder to games, that's an adventure like what, eight times a year at home? Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely an adventure. <laughs> Many social entrepreneurs find solace in tranquility in the outdoors. Have you found this to be true and beneficial in your work? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I have a a pond on my uh, on the 
backdrop of my computer, which is a little bit of my happy space. And I'm, I'm a big meditator. So those types of things I think are really important to, to me in the chaos of life to be able to have a moment of just even visualizing that calm space is so good for me. Oh, and just a great meditative moment throughout your day. Exactly. Can you describe a time when you were able to have boots on the ground and really see the impact of the Eagles Care Program in action? Well, I'm very fortunate in that it's pretty much every week during the football season. Um, You know, the ability to work with an organization like Northern Children's Services where we're going in, lining their football field, which, you know, is in not great shape, working with the kids to do it, donating the equipment so that they can do it afterwards um, on their own and teaching them how to do it. Those types of things are just um, a great way for us to have those boots on the ground um, and be involved with the kids and then teach them how to do it on their own. Ooh, teach them how to do it on their own. Man, you're just like spot on today. <laughs> <laughs> so my, I have all good, all the right phrases. There you go. It's almost like you're in media or something. <laughs> what book do you recommend to others who want to make a socially minded impact through their current role? Um, I am obsessed with Dan Pilata right now, and his book on charitable is, you know, has been. I wish I would have found it before we started Eagles Care, um, but you know, he makes some wonderful arguments about why. Um, the idea of overhead um, should not exist in nonprofit. And uh, I think he's, you know, really revel, hopefully will revolutionary, uh, revolutionize um, the philanthropy in general. Looking forward to adding that one to my list. Yes. Now you're so unique in the fact that you had a lifelong passion to the Eagles and you were able to find a corporate responsibility or what I like to call an entrepreneur role with the Eagles. What advice do you have to either recent grads or just individuals looking for a more meaningful position to align not only their passions, but you know, a traditional job? Uh, I would say internships <laughs> for me, you know, internships were incredibly valuable because it teaches you not only what you want to do, um, but what you do not want to do. That is just as valuable to be able to spend the time doing something for a short period of time and learn that this is not the thing for me. Um, one of the jobs that I had, uh, working, um, in a ticket sales office sh- told me, taught me not only that I did not want to do ticket sales, but for the one day that they farmed me out to the community relations department, that was where I said to myself, okay, this is absolutely what I do want to do. So that worked really well. Also, it highlights there's a lot of power at just starting with your foot in the door. Absolutely. Ticket sales, it's not the most glamorous job, but hey, you work for the Philadelphia Eagles and now you're the director of community relations. Exactly. Is there a mantra or a motto that really guides forward your work with the Eagles Cares program? You know, I would say not specifically with Eagles Care, but I think with me, my mantra in life has to be um, is, is I like to remind myself that doing something 89% is good enough. Um, I know that's very backwards for some people. I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist. And sometimes I can focus on, you know, the smallest of details, which is not going to make a difference in the overall view. Uh, And if I remind myself, this is 
this is good enough and the amount of time that I'd spend on, you know, those details may be actually making it worse and is taking away from something else. So um, that that's sort of a guiding principle with me recently. <laughs> and it's a great reminder to actually just make the most impact and sometimes, you know, you have to sacrifice a little bit of perfection to make that ultimate impact. Yes, and it may actually be perfect at 89%. I may <laughs> just be making it worse. There you go. What is one piece of advice that you have for our listeners to make a positive impact today? I think, you know, for me, I, I, I'm always thinking about what is, well, I'm sort of answering your question, but saying, how can you make the greatest impact? It may not be the, 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 the most popular decision. Um, for us, when we had Eagle, when we switched to Eagles Care, we had to start telling a lot of people no. But when we tried to remind ourselves that we really were doing the right thing and that our hearts were in the right places, it made it so much easier. And in the long run, it worked. Ooh, that that's a high bar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My last question, and I have to admit, it's going to be a ringer. Who is going to win the Super Bowl? We have the Broncos and we have the Panthers. Well, I gotta. I have to root for the Panthers. Um, we have so many of the, uh, really, the coaches um, that have been a part of the Eagles in the past, Ron Rivera and Sean McDermott, that that were a part of our team, and then you know will always be some way a part of the Eagles. So I'm I'm a I'm a Panthers fan. All uh, right. Well, for the we'll Super Bowl. have our fingers crossed for Sunday. Yes, absolutely. Julie, it has been absolutely incredible to have you here. How do people learn more about this incredible program that the Philadelphia Eagles has? Well, you can go to philadelphiaeagles.com slash community or always follow us on Twitter at Eagles Care um, and at Eagles Instagram always talks about what we're doing as well. Julie, it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Well, movers and shakers, I hope you enjoyed our unique Super Bowl edition of the Positive Impact Podcast, but also such a great glimpse at what type of role you can have as an entrepreneur or somebody who makes an incredible impact through a larger organization. And let's be honest, the Eagles Cares makes a huge impact throughout the community. In fact, we are actually connecting with grieving children on Friday to discuss the impact that the Eagles Cares has made, not only with their organization, but also the relationship that the players have made with some of the families that they help. For all of the resources mentioned in today and some incredible photos, check out our show notes page at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash eagles. Hang out with us there and you can also get two free audio downloads thanks to Audible, which means you can check out Dan Pilato's charitable and really have a new approach of working and giving to charities. Well, that wraps up our Super Bowl edition of the Positive Impact Podcast. And I have to say, I think I disagree. I'm kind of going for the Broncos on Sunday. So we'll see. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.